We promise hereby not to mention the words pick or debt or red football joint ventures or anything like that for the rest of the show. It was a bit of a bit of a money special last week, but we're back to matters on the pitch this week. Have you enjoyed the Rangers and Wigan games, Ed? I did. I did to a certain extent, and and yes, absolutely no football finance on today's show. We had an orgy of money last week, so yeah, all football from here on in. Um, yeah, I, I suppose I, I enjoyed them because it was two wins for United. Although I think uh, the Reds were pretty average against Wigan, given that um, Roberto Martinez side played for about half an hour in nine men. I think we probably could have shown a little more, and it was it was another one of those games. I thought, where United just uh, failed to be very creative from the centre of the park, and, and it's, uh, it's been our failing all season. The Rangers game, typical Rangers really, uh, we, I guess, know how they play in Europe now, even at home, even desperately needing a win, even if it didn't matter if they'd lost 57-0 because they, they needed the three points uh, above everything else, and the negativity on show was just incredible, I mean, really, I found it incredibly disappointing that Rangers had that attitude, but, but that's how they play, right? With Valencia 3-0 up after about 20 minutes against Bursaspor, the fact that goal difference was pretty unlikely to make any real difference unless Rangers got an absolute tonking if they had lost 57-0 that would have been bad uh, potentially because Bursa Sport could still uh, get that third spot but a point is almost no good to them whatsoever and three points would have been absolutely crucial. They're fairly much guaranteed Thursday nights on Channel 5 as the United fans so kindly reminded them towards the end of the game but just I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, we're recording this uh, immediately after the game, pretty much. So that's that's why we've kind of gone straight into a discussion of that, I guess, rather than the Wigan game, where, as you say, United were pretty average. Um, I, I put on Twitter at the end of that game, we can hereby confirm that United are good enough to beat te- nine-man Wigan at home 2-0. You know, that, that, that's, that wasn't particularly much of an achievement. Um, but the, the, that, that Rangers setup was completely bizarre. Why are you playing Six four nil essentially six four zero in 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 a game you have to win. What what's the thinking behind it? I, I think there is no thinking. I think that's that's perhaps part of the problem. I think they're in such a mindset in Europe that they can't change it. I mean, actually, in domestic football, they're the preeminent side at the moment, and they don't play in this system, and they do play in attacking formation. But I think uh, the the mindset within the Rangers camp in European games is so retrenched now that they they just can't play any other way, and it's a real pity because this you know remember this is one of the oldest clubs in Britain. It's a great club in every in every sense of the word, the history and tradition, the massive supporter base that they have, and I don't think it befits them very well to play like this. Now, I you know, and fair enough, I understand all the arguments about them not having the same resources, and and they don't because they don't have the same TV money but still you'd think that Rangers supporters and passionate lot they are would want something better than this yeah and and all that makes perfect sense except that how does a formation get so entrenched that even when you absolutely need to win you I mean they played like it was a home leg in a two-leg tie you know, trying to nick one and keep it nil-nil, basically. That that was the entire setup. They tried to set up like Inter Milan against Barcelona and just not leave United any space to play, which incidentally makes it even stupider for Naismith to be putting his leg at chest height in the box um, late in the game after they've kind of defended somewhat tigerishly for 87 minutes or whatever it was. 
do you have anything more? We've we have gone headfirst into the Rangers game. Do you have anything more to say about that Wigan game? I guess it, it marked the return of Wayne Rooney. It did, and I and I think I suppose we should dwell for a second. I mean, the game was utterly forgettable. Uh, I, I think, and and not one of United's better performances. And, and indeed, if if Wigan had kept the full complement, and and they did deserve to go down to nine they they might well have given united a better game in, you know for the first half hour actually we can create a few good chances um but i guess the most important bit was Rooney's return and the reaction from the crowd and i i had i have to say i had some i had some mixed feelings about it because I, I would say on balance it was a positive reaction there were some jeers but there were also quite a lot of loud cheers i felt myself a bit disappointed in the old trafford crowd i i actually wanted a louder negative reaction now, i know that is not the united way and uh, i have never booed a united player in my life and i i'm pretty sure i, I won't but i did think he really needed to be told you know what the feeling was and he we needed to get that out of the way and then we can get on with supporting him and I did kind of want him to get that negative vibe in a way just so he knows because I think having watched that that interview recently with Rooney on MUTV and the, the whitewash that is and I know a lot of it was scripted but I, I think the guy's on a different planet if he doesn't realise you know, how offended many United supporters were by his actions and he seems to think as Patrice Evra said it's all been swept under the carpet you know, and I think that was quite telling from Evra actually I think um, internally they've said right we're moving on now and there's the promised apology hasn't come and I kind of think he needed to do it yeah and it's interesting that Ferguson said at one point in the last couple of weeks I'm sure he will apologize to the fans but he very clearly hasn't and the his entry into the game against Wigan really made me think of uh, one Waylon Smithers no sir they're saying boo earns boo earns I don't know if you remember that quote from the Simpsons uh, because the, the, this is like a slightly facetious point but I think it's fairly significant if Rooney's chant didn't have a booing sound in it it would have sounded like a much more hostile reaction because actually when you go back and listen to it the first noise is a kind of jeering boo and then there's a kind of Rooney Rooney chant that strikes up in amongst it and that that kind of almost comes afterwards from the section of the fan base that don't believe that you should ever boo a player that that that, as you say it's not the united way and whatever he's done they you know you 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 cheer him on it's a kind of uh, pr masterstroke for sir alex to bring paul skulls on at exactly the same time the the the, vo- the you know the embodiment of a player that every single manchester united fan absolutely loves and and thus you can't quite boo so loudly while skulls is walking on the pitch you know just in case even though he's kind of bright enough to know i'm absolutely sure that um that that ferguson made that decision for that exact same reason i'm sure in in a way that the incredibly full of gusto singing of he scores goals galore that happened immediately afterwards was a kind of kicking the teeth for Wayne Rooney it was a kind of look this is what you could have had this is what you you know this is what you could have become for us as well but but it's it's not the the case now because that from a kind of very mixed reaction with quite a lot of booze and a bit of cheering to a an all round the ground rendition of, of the Paul Skull song you know Anyway, it was it was very depressing. I have to say, it was it was a kind of everything he said that that MUTV interview. I thought it was I, honestly like I think it's an absolute disgrace. 
I, I really do. And, and I kind of, that sounds like I'm being extremely judgmental about the player. and I'm actually not because I really do understand why he's behaving like he's behaving. Because of course his head's completely in the clouds. Of course he's totally divorced from reality because his experience of the world has been divorced from, his experience of reality is completely different from most people's. So he doesn't feel the need to apologise to the fans. It's clear he doesn't feel the need to apologise to the fans because he hasn't. So anyway, that's. Uh, I, but it, it, it was kind of a sickening interview. Just, just a no. You actually, you really, really, really don't get this. You don't get why people are upset. And and it's it's kind of this kind of oh yeah, it's all over and done with now. I, I, I'm really delighted. I'm staying at the club. It's like it's 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 so what you know. So what. Yeah, there's a few few things I, I took out of that interview. One, one when he said, I now want to be a role model for the younger players, like Paul Scholes and Ryan Giggs. I've, personally, I found that offensive, and uh, as well as laughable. Yeah, he certainly opened himself up to, to ridicule. And the other one he said was, everyone knows I've always wanted to stay at this club, but I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and I, always, uh, yeah, and I was always planning to stay. Nope, you had agreed a deal with Manchester City, and you were quite happy to go. So, um, and, and, he, and he's taken the fans for fools uh, as you know I, you kind of expect it from MUTV because that's the kind of interviews they do it's a, a sop to the manager and the the players Pravda yeah Pravda uh, but uh, but we're not that stupid and I, I, I do hope that most Manchester United fans saw through that but look I guess we do draw a line under that now uh, I, I'm not sure that I will ever quite see Rooney in the same light ever again I'm not I'm not I'm not quite ready to draw a line under it just yet um because to say everyone, you know, you said no, you'd agree to deal with Manchester City, whether or not that, I mean, that's, that is, whether it's true or not, that there's some degree to what, to which that's speculation. What's not speculation is, you, is he, when he said everyone knows I always wanted to stay at the club, well, you probably shouldn't have given a written press release saying that you're going to run your contract down and leave the club. You know, that, that that's, that, that's, that, that means that not everyone knew you always wanted to stay at the club, quite the opposite. And to, it's, you know, it, it, to be able to kind of just blatantly lie and it, it never gets picked up by anyone. And then this kind of like, oh, come on, it's all behind us. We've got to support the player now. You know, he's a United player. We support our players. And, and I, I kind of want to say that's fine. And, and I do wish him well. Actually, I wish him well both on the pitch and off because that's how I believe people should be treated pretty much regardless of what they do but the 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 fact is he's like taken the fans for a complete fools and and there's he's he's done nothing to warrant wholehearted rousing supportive behavior I, I guess since since we're on the subject of strikers, we should dally on Dimitar Berbatov a little bit because uh, a that's what he does on the ball about ninety five percent of the time, and, and b it, it's kind of personal in the week that he was he was dropped entirely from uh, the squad to play Wigan, um, not even in the uh, the eighteen. And uh, Ferguson didn't even attempt to hide why he'd done it. He, he said it was a, a tactical decision. Uh, he wanted better options on the bench. And I, I, I thought that might be uh, the beginning of the end for Berbatov. But he was back in the side tonight against Rangers. Yeah, you said you, when we were chatting before we started recording, you said he, you thought he was pretty average tonight. Um, I think that's maybe a little harsh. I thought he had a fairly poor first half, although he worked 
it was noticeable that he worked extremely hard. And I thought he actually had a very good second half and was instrumental in a lot of the good United moves in, in the second half. I put a little couple of comments on Twitter and there's a general response. When when Ferguson took him off to bring on Chicharito, I sort of said, I know I'm probably in a minority here, but I think I'd have taken Rooney off because I think Berbatov was in a position where he was more likely to create something for Hernandez. And, and a lot of people sort of supportive of that. Uh, saying that they 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 somewhat agreed um so yeah and i i didn't think he was bad today and it was good and hopefully he'll he'll move on from this but he has been in a very very poor run of form since uh, the aftermath of that liverpool game Yes, he has. And, and the confidence looks shot uh, in many ways. And he gets frustrated with his teammates. And I really hate to see that. And, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone who, who, who has made his mind up that Berbatov is a waste of space. I have, I have for a long time felt that he's a great player in the wrong side and that he doesn't quite fit United's style. And, and I don't actually think uh, it's best for him to be playing 15 yards off off the another striker I, I don't think that's his best position it's not where he played at Spurs and I, I can see why people are tempted to think it is because he's he's got such talent on the ball and uh, he's got that kind of languid style and people make the comparisons with Cantona but I think playing 15 yards further forward and you get a lot more out of him uh, but um, Ferguson doesn't seem to be willing to do that an awful lot of the time and 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 Berbatov gets very frustrated and and today uh, yeah I do think he was average but I mean look if you say Poor first half, three out of ten. You know, pretty good second half, seven out of ten. That makes an average of five, which, by my rudimentary mathematics, is uh, is a pretty average score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's very reasonable. Uh, and he did a, he did in fairness he did a couple of really good things and a couple of pretty terrible things. So I guess that average is out too. Um, the uh, the ball he played through for Rooney where he scooped it up was a, a typical Berbatov, right? Yeah. A piece of magic. And uh, one of the very few players on the planet who can yeah. pick out that kind of pass. Uh, but at the same time, when United really needed to break quickly at times, on the few occasions that Rangers actually committed any players forward, and then he slowed the game down. And that's just it's so frustrating. And and I think um, I think actually over the last couple of months since the Liverpool game, he's been doing that more and more and more. And he's not been getting in the right positions. And and when he's got the chances, of which he's not had that many, I have to say, in, in many games. I mean, this is a a supposition I'd have to look at the stats to back that up but you know I, I think he probably hasn't created that many chances because he's not getting in the right positions when he's got in those positions he's fluffed at the shot so he had one uh, not not in the Wigan game but the game before where he uh, against Aston Villa where he lashed it wide with his left foot and you'd say in the first few weeks of the season he would have buried that one and uh, now the confidence is gone and and uh, Berbatov with no confidence as well as the the style he has um, is is not a good mixture, I have to say, and it's very difficult to justify his selection when Hernandez can't stop scoring. Although Hernandez has stopped scoring a little bit, hasn't he? Um, did he score? Yeah, who scored against Wigan? Ever scored, and then Hernandez scored. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I, I, I just, I'm not ready to write him off and say he hasn't got a future at United. I mean, I, I, I kind of somewhat jokingly become a ridiculously massive Dimitar Berbatov fan when actually I'm just a big fan, you know. Um, but, but I, I think he, he offers something that no one else at the club offers, and I kind of love seeing players like that in United. With with that kind of ability, but as you say, Berbatov without confidence is is a is very difficult to justify uh, keeping in the team. But what do you do at that point? If you drop him, then you 
obviously that confidence diminishes further and it becomes a vicious cycle. And then you have to think, well, actually, are you then just carrying this player for five good matches in a row and then a kind of run of 10 games where he's got no confidence and then something happens and he kicks on again, you know, and and that's that's a hefty wage bill to be carrying for very patchy performances. So, and he probably does still have some value in the transfer market. So, especially in a swap deal, whenever I see Berbatov, talk of Berbatov being shipped out, it's always in some sort of swap deal. There's an awful lot of media talk about swap deals, aren't there? And very few of them ever actually happen. We'll, we'll see. There, there appears to be some interest from uh, Juventus uh, to, to take play. But I wonder whether next summer might be the summer. I, United were considering offers this summer. Or, uh, you know, So the word on the street has it uh, that, that uh, if they'd got one that was acceptable, they, they might well have let him go. Um, and in fact, Rooney's decision on August the 14th to, uh, to say he wasn't signing a new contract actually you know, changed the dynamic in the, the, the late stages of the transfer window. I couldn't say with any certainty whether we'll see um, Berbatov again next season. He certainly won't be gone in the January transfer window. There's there's no point weakening the squad. And uh, he's out of contract in 2012 and he's 30 this year. So actually next summer is will be the best they can get for him because after that obviously his, his value starts tumbling in us. They, they want to sign him up to a new contract and there's been no offer on the table so far yeah yeah i mean so so this could be it this could be the summer this could be the summer where he goes and 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 i'll always be sad that he didn't quite live up to the the great potential that he has but long time between now and the end of the season and he could still hit that 25 goals i predicted at the beginning of the season which first of all seemed laughable and then seemed absolutely nailed on uh, how many goals Wayne Rooney scores before the in- end of the season will be interesting. Surely that penalty at, at the end of the Rangers game will give him a massive boost of confidence. A lot of has been read into the celebration. Andy Townsend described it as a very genuine celebration. I think it was Andy Townsend. And you could see, you know, oh, it means a lot to him. You could see that. And it's like, it doesn't mean a lot to him in relation to Manchester United. It means a lot to him in relation to Wayne Rooney, I think. There was a, a majestic pitch invasion from a lad who just lay on top of him uh, I put the call out on Twitter to find out who he was and apparently his name's Ian he's from Limerick and uh, fair t- fair play to him it was a night to remember so th- that could that could be that's either true or not true of no no uh, verification verification for that but apparently that was Ian from Limerick so I hope you got a good snog in there on the uh, erstwhile United fan favourite yes um, uh, I'm uh, as uh, mentioned on Twitter in the States at the moment on a on a mini holiday and um uh, i watched it in one of uh, i believe only two english bars in seattle and uh, there weren't that many english people there to be honest but uh, we all had a good chuckle at that one i think uh, ian from limerick if you're listening you're a legend not quite as much of a legend as the chap whose name i can't draw to mind who had his picture taken with the 1999 Champions League final squad. It occurs to me actually that some of our listeners might be young enough as to not know that story. So uh, so stick that into Google. Uh, do you remember the chap's name by any chance? Uh, you know what? I don't, but he's actually quite famous for these pranks, isn't he? Yeah, um, someone maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah no, I don't. I don't remember. He's done quite a few, but yes, he he got himself into the the team picture, which was a pretty impressive work, especially as the team didn't notice for quite a while. <laughs> the, the, the Gary Neville's face is the highlight of that. Um, talking of highlights, the highlights of the weekend's fixtures: Blackburn, and then in the week we're playing West Ham. That that should be two United wins. What 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 kind of strength of side do you think will play in those two? games 
Well, you know, pretty full-strength side against Blackburn uh, at Old Trafford, I'd think. Uh, I assume we'll see Vidic and Ferdinand back. Obviously, Blackburn a pretty physical side, so um, I thought Smalling was good against Rangers. Uh, Evans uh, almost gifted Rangers a goal, and perhaps not the performance he really wanted after admitting this week that uh, he does face a, the you know the biggest test of his United career to date after his poor form uh, in you know several matches this season. I guess we won't see Paul Skulls or Giggs. They both well, Skulls had what seventy minutes tonight, and Giggs uh, the full game. So I'd be surprised if we saw either of those. I I, I would think Rooney will still be in the side, and, and we'll see pretty strong side. Then the Carling Cup, it, it will be a fringe side again, even though it's away a at West Ham. Uh, I'm quite sure that Ferguson will rotate and give some of the younger guys a game. It'd be nice to see Bebe, uh, especially after a couple of blinding goals he scored for the reserves. Fantastic. Fantastic. In fact, yeah, when we were trying to work out what we were going to talk about, we, we really should have put that on the agenda. If you have not seen those goals, do yourself a favour and check them out. Although the defending was absolutely shocking for that second goal. So he was able to score. Again, it, it was one of those goals where it looked absolutely spectacular, but it had a bit of FIFA on easy mode about it because he, he had uh, acres of space to do that. He did, but he executed it very well. Great technique on both goals and uh, just an insight into what could be coming from the boy. I, I think uh, no one believes he's uh, he's anything more than a very rough potential diamond and we're not sure whether it's diamond or diamante just yet, but we'll, we'll find out in time. But uh, yeah, certainly some kudos for a couple of brilliant goals there. And and I'm sure uh, against West Ham we'll also see players like uh, Fabio potentially again, uh, who again I thought had a very good game tonight and just a, a, obviously bags of talent, just a real shame from, for his personal point of view that... Uh, he has Patrice Evra in front of him in the in the squad, um, and and I guess we'll see Gabriel Obertan and uh, a bit more of Anderson. He needs some he needs some minutes uh, after his recent virus, which he seemed to have for an awful long time. I did speculate on Twitter whether it was syphilis rather than uh, the flu, but uh, apparently not. Just uh, just a bit flabby, uh, the word was, and, and and that kind of thing. But it's always um, it's always a bit. It's a fun, fun trip, West Ham. I've been quite a few times, and uh, I've generally enjoyed it. Perhaps not the time in 1995, and uh, not the time in 1992 when Leeds snatched the title, and and we had a one-one draw there, and uh, that was a pretty miserable occasion because I think uh, all of us that were there and on the game felt that the title had probably gone with with that um, that game freak goal from West Ham, and we just couldn't win it, and we kept in the ground for sort of four hours afterwards and uh, the baying West Ham fans all doing their their aeroplane arms and uh, yeah not one of the best occasions but I'm sure it will be fun on on Wednesday night or Tuesday night isn't it Tuesday night and uh, you know nice to see some of the kids playing are you uh, in the away end or are you going to be with the West Ham fans I I am in the away end and uh, kudos to West Ham here as well I think for some very very reasonable prices not all uh, not all um, clubs do this in, in the Carling Cup and United certainly don't at home but um, the, the tickets for visiting fans are very reasonably priced indeed and uh, it's good to see it's good to see uh, some clubs do that because the Carling Cup clearly is a competition where it's mostly reserves playing even some of the mid-ranked sides now are doing it and I think when you recognise that it's unfair to charge 50 quid for a ticket I mean you'd have to say that West Ham kind of need to get themselves knocked out of the Carling Cup really don't they I mean there's winning breeds winning and all that but they don't have the biggest squad and they're in fair fairly dire straits it's going to be a tough a tough season for them so they could probably do without the distraction 
Yeah, they they probably could, although you know, winning breeds confidence. Of course, uh, they they yeah, they're they're in deep, deep, deep trouble. And Avram Grant at the moment doesn't appear to have the answers. He's he's brought in a new coach called Wally Downs, and uh, I'm afraid at times that's exactly what Avram Grant looks like. Uh, but yeah, I I, um, I expect a couple of wins. I'm going to be positive. I think United will win both. I think uh, a fairly comfortable, if uninspiring, uh, win against Blackburn, perhaps a two niller, and then I'd like to see a few goals on Wednesday night. I think uh, I think uh, United will obviously be a little more open because of the changes that are going to happen to the side. Uh, but we've got lots of talented young attacking players, and it'd be nice to see a few of them get on the score sheet. Yeah, we've got some talented young defensive players as well. I mean, today's. Uh, back four if you replace Raphael uh, replace John O'Shea with Raphael uh, you're probably looking at the potential back four of you know five years hence even yeah and I, again I was very impressed by Smalling today I really do think he's a good a good player and I, I it was it was hard to tell I think in the last six months of last season he uh, he made quite a lot of mistakes playing for Fulham but he, he looks like he's going to be a, a top quality purchase uh, clearly early in early days in his um, in his career with United but I, I like what I've seen so far talking of top quality purchases and as Lindegaard for three and a half million pounds yeah not actually not actually signed yet but um but uh, effectively uh, deal done and uh, he's the Danish number one has played their last sort of five fixtures and you know I just haven't seen much of him got to admit I really don't watch Norwegian football he, he plays for Azalans in the, the Norwegian Tibblegain and uh, he's had some of a journeyman career uh, as I think we we had a quick chat about him last week but yeah he um he was replaced and if this gives you any kind of insight into his quality by Roy Carroll at Obiadens, uh, the Danish club and and uh, let's hope he's uh, got better quality than than that but he's a big guy he's 65 and uh, you know shocking blonde hair very very scandinavian i i would hope that he's one of two keepers they bring in uh, if he's the new number 1 then that's united definitely shopping on the cheap well i guess that probably just about does it for another fine episode of everyone's favourite rank cast um, we'll be back next week with another one of these hopefully on the back of two more Manchester United victories because it's probably worth pointing out at this point still unbeaten this season for all the average performances for all the kind of disappointments both on and off the pitch uh, we're still there or thereabouts in every competition we're in we still look very difficult to beat and there's still a lot of resilience about the place and you know if we kick on after Christmas it could turn into a pretty good season after all I think if if United can keep that back four together and Vidic and Ferdinand can stay fit there's no better pairing in world football than those two together uh, we're, we're in it it doesn't matter how insipid our midfield is at times if, if you don't concede goals you don't lose and now we've got every chance in the Premier League now and, and I'm surprised about how vulnerable Chelsea have been this season I, I guess a couple of key injuries to Lampard and Terry haven't helped them but also the squad has the squad has deteriorated in quality and obviously quite a lot of older players and they, they haven't staffed it up with the same amount of quality and because uh, Abramovich is either bored or, or keen on uh, making them um, financially stable for whatever that means and and uh, so United very much in it in the Premier League. I mean, it, it, I'd love for 
Ferguson to go out and spend some money in the, in the winter transfer window on a very high quality central midfielder. You know that that could win us the Premier League doing that. I'd be really surprised if it happens, uh, but it would be really good in Europe. We'll see. I don't think we've been particularly inspiring so far, but we're going to be extremely difficult to beat away from home in Europe. Uh, Ferguson has uh, has played uh, in you know in a pretty cautious manner for the last three or four years now in Europe, and and uh, there's been very very few defeats in that time. It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting uh, next couple of months. I think a very very as always we get into the bit of the season where it gets there's some very defining moments uh, of a season over the Christmas period, and uh, I think we're going to do our best to keep up some sort of weekly schedule over what is referred to in the country that you're currently in as the holidays. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep trying to bring you the rank cast. We might have to move the day around a bit, but we're we're going to do our best too. And uh, if you are li- listening in America. I hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving this past week. And uh, Ed, I'm, I'm very thankful for the rant cast, of course, and, and very thankful for the lovely listeners. Oh, yes, we, we love you all. all, all uh, about a thousand of you each week tune in. And uh, I think that's some very healthy numbers for a, for a site like ours. And uh, we, we are grateful for your uh, comments. And you can follow us on Twitter at UTD Rantcast or at United Rant for the the other accounts or leave a comment email us on cast at unitedrant.co.uk yeah or throw up a review on uh, the iTunes store uh, which somebody has very kindly done so whoever you are thank you very much for that I'm particularly thankful for you alright goodbye